Now we're rolling. Damage Plan MMA Podcast. I'm Jason, as always, my co-host, Zach Parker. What up, man? What's up, homie? How you doing? It's a good weekend. You, long well, weekend. You had a very long weekend this weekend. Yeah, we all did, but you're, uh, it all worked out. Yeah, yeah. Glad, you're, glad your son's doing okay. Yeah. Everything's good? Yeah, everything's good. It's going to be a long, long road of recovery, but luckily kids bounce back quick. Yeah. People don't know, uh, my youngest, my one-year-old, took a little fall down the stairs, broke his femur. I was on my way to the fierce fight, so everybody I missed at the fierce fight. Sorry, but you know, had to take care of the fam. So family comes first. Driving to the driving to the arena and got a phone call from my wife that said he was hurt, falling down the stairs, and had to take him to the ER, then up to primary children's to get a little get surgery, get a little rod put in his little femur. He's one years old, so that was like the toughest because like he doesn't like he doesn't understand. Oh yeah, it, right. He's yeah, just, he doesn't get it. So. But uh, yeah, he's he's he'll, he'll be all right, you know. Uh, it's twenty twenty two. Grateful for all the good medical attention and appreciate all the messages. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's scary, man. Sorry well, to show well, out the fights, but welcome to having boys, I guess. And you're going to have four of them here pretty soon. Yeah, first broken bone though. That's that's pretty good. Boys, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. So you were able to watch the pay per view from Fierce Fighting Championship on Saturday at the hospital. You were texting me every time I had questions that. Cody couldn't answer for me. I'm like, Zach's my encyclopedia. I need answers. And he's texting me while we're live watching the fights. I was trying between like getting updates from the nurses and doctors and the surgeon and stuff. I was staying tuned in. Got to go back and rewatch the fights. So uh, good night of fights. It sounded like the energy was really good there at the crowd and, and uh, the whole night, you know, didn't disappoint. I'm, I'm grateful for too is I think that every fighter on that card, like, they everybody came to fight there they was did. not there was not like a there was not one performance where you're like eh, they didn't really bring it or afraid to fight or whatever like everybody came to fight and i think that's indicative of the way utah is like utah mma is like it really doesn't matter where like you know it was utah like we fight like utah fighters like, yeah we fight like it, it, it was it was a good night it was a special night, and I, I have to give a shout out to Jackson with his. Jackson killed it. He freaking, he was amazing, man. He was amazing. The crowd was into it. He was getting them fired up. Everybody was responsive. It, it was just a, it was a phenomenal night. And, and Jackson the, freaking killed. Yeah, he killed it. I'm gonna pull. I gotta pull up the card here so we can go over, um, go over the fights here. Um, We'll start off with the first fight of the night, which was uh, Derek Jorgensen and Sidney Blackwood the third. Uh, Derek Jorgensen making his MMA debut. We saw Sidney on the last card, ended up coming up up on the short end of a uh, decision, which was a very competitive fight. Yeah, and he started off the night with a bang. And you know, I thought Derek was doing really good for his, it was his first did, fight. Did great, and he was doing he he was doing some things. It was just you know like keep saying it but like i mean the, the the level of the debuters is getting better and better and and uh derek had a good fight unfortunately injury might have him sidelined for a bit but we look forward to having him back and sydney will be back soon i'm pretty sure yeah i'm i'm thinking uh sydney definitely needs to come back because that was that that set the night off just it was insane um Next up, we had it was a little bit. We had um, Brandon Burgess and Weston Raleigh. Uh, Burgess, he was one and one. Um, Raleigh making his MMA debut. 
kind of hard to top the first fight with that one. Well, um, Burgess pretty much kind of dominated that one. He threw probably so, 150 late kicks. <laughs> he <laughs> broke least. his hand. He, oh, is that what it was? He broke oh, his okay. hand. Okay. So, yeah. So, he actually broke his hand. And uh, so, okay. <laughs> I'm Pull back the curtain a little bit. Yeah. Weston got on the card because he knew somebody that works high up with with the company that we work with and said you got it you got to get this guy on the card okay this is where he's going to get his props yeah that kid no real background in training had a little bit of wrestling like high school wrestling i believe yeah but did his weight cut all the wrong way just because he didn't know better right yeah missed weight unfortunately brandon still took the fight he was very apologetic uh you know he just he he you could tell he wanted to do everything the right way he just didn't have the team or the knowledge around him yeah and i think if he gets into a gym he he actually could be decent because one thing that he has that you can't teach toughness kids got heart i mean he didn't quit and he was he's still in the hospital so if he's hearing this like you know hopefully you get well soon weston like best wishes they said that he said that like he was so dehydrated that a minute into the fight everything was like blurry and he went the full three rounds. This, this is how bad he didn't that. quit. I've seen people quit for much less. Oh, he had so no trying, quit. In I'm it. saying all this to try and give him his props about how tough and mentally tough, maybe too much for his own good. Yeah, that the kid was tough. He looked drained at the weigh-ins. He came oh, up to yeah. me at the weigh-ins and he was he was actually over. They agreed at a catch weight and he came in and over and he said, Hey, I will pay him a couple of hundred extra bucks to, to take the fight. Like that's how bad the guy wanted to fight. Like yeah. that's how bad he wanted to be in there. So props to him and props to Brandon he came in there and did what he needed to do. And he, <laughs> Keith was like, Keith, cause the Keith, the corner was the little one person over from me on the commentary booth. And Keith is yelling for Brandon, finish him, finish him. It's, I, Brandon's probably thinking, who was it? What do I got to do? Who was it? Mike Perry. Brandon's yeah. probably doing the Mike Perry. You get in here and finish yeah. him. Go, 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 go. You go. You go. go. I don't want to get hit anywhere. right now. Oh man, that so that was that was good. Um, next up, we had Nicole Fuga. Hopefully, I say her name right. Did I say her? Nicole Fuga. Fuga, making her MMA debut against um, Sasha Lopez. And props to Nicole because she took this fight on short notice. One up a weight class yep. because she didn't want to fight at that weight class, but she really had no choice because she wanted, she wanted to fight. Yep. She looked like she had four or five fights under her belt. Yep. Phenomenal fight. My fight of the night. I know Trevor just commented on here and thought, um, uh, Siler and the Mongolian was, was fight of the night. I thought the women put on the, they were, they were throwing down Sasha and Nicole. That was, I mean, the, it sucks that somebody had to lose because they both, um, their whole journey, like weight loss journey yes. and um, to be in there, you know, Sasha's had a really hard time finding opponents. It's a hard weight class to, uh, to, to, you know, to, to find fights for Yeah, like Nicole stepped up, took it on short notice, which I mean, you know, that weight class, usually when somebody falls out, Oh yeah. It's pretty much over. Yeah. But you know, they, they, they stepped up and they did a phenomenal job. And uh, Nicole will be back in June. We she was fight. impressive. We already have a fight lined up for her for our June 25th card. So it'd be really exciting. 
you touched on it on the deb debuters earlier when we just started and and she looked for a debuter phenomenal sasha sasha looked phenomenal you you saw the adjustments sasha made um she kept getting caught with an overhand and she started making adjustments about halfway through the second round and started slipping it and that's when i noticed the fight start to change a little bit towards sasha because it was i mean pretty you probably close. could have flipped the coin after the first round and a half yeah pretty close uh, heather thank you he's doing great mama's taking good care of him mama's taking good care of him um by the way props to hillary because she's yeah. eight months pregnant now it's got to deal with yeah. the son with seven and a half seven and a half close <laughs> um those were the amateurs. We start. We kick off the the pro bouts with uh, Teague Vigil and Ethan Goodwin. We've we've seen Teague in the in the fierce cage before. You and I have watched Ethan fight on the uh, not regional scene, but uh, yeah, I guess regional scene. He's he's been around making his pro debut, and Teague pretty much dominated the first two rounds. Pressure, 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 pressure. Bless you. Excuse me. A um, lot of pressure up against the cage, kind of overwhelming Ethan. You could tell that he didn't want to let Ethan get at his range yeah. um, because when he, as soon as Ethan would get the space, he'd pop, start popping out that long jab and keeping Tiga at, at bay. Um, I was, they must've seen something in Ethan because he got a couple takedowns, Teague did, and he didn't do anything. He, he let him get back up. Jiu-Jitsu is good. Yeah. You and, know, Ethan's Jiu-Jitsu is really, really good. They must've saw that because I, I, I didn't know it and, and, my fault for not so, doing my research, but he clearly was good because he ended up pulling yeah. off the, the victory. Teague might be the best 0-2 guy I've ever seen. He's going to be a problem for people. He's a problem. I was actually uh, talking about it with Roman, Ethan's you know coach and manager, and um, you know he uh, Ethan is, or Teague is a tough out, and so people will be like, "Yeah, give me the I want to fight the 0-2 guy." That is not a picnic. No. You know, like he is going to be a hard fight what? for anybody. He's durable. He does not stop. Oh, no, he was nonstop. Like he, and it was just like the Austin Strill fight. Like it, Austin just matched his intensity with it, but it was like, dude, like, yeah, relax a little, bro. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was. I mean, it was, you could tell he was obviously, you know, he, he, no, he was, I mean, Ethan knew he was up. Ethan knew he needed to finish in that third round and he, he ended up getting it. No doubt, no doubt about it. Mason says you got to get Teague up, Teague up to one hit MMA, and he'll be unstoppable. He, he's, I don't know. Does he train at a gym? They have their own gym. Oh, that's they have right. their own like gym at home, and we've got a couple guys training with him. I mean, Mason, I I actually know that Teague has been invited to our gym by by a teammate, and um, he very politely um, declined, from what I understand. But uh, I would love for him to come in and get some work with us because. He cleans up a couple things. I mean, with how good and high paced his Austin Steel fight definitely could have gone either way. It was just they both the output and pace was just yeah unsustainable for yeah. two pro debuters. I mean, unsustainable, right? Um, and then this fight, Teague did a fantastic job of just fighting the fight where he wanted it, and um, he just needs just a little. Just a little bit of fine tuning. Yeah, I mean, he was just a couple minutes away from. from just a couple winning. minutes away from winning. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe. I mean, from the outside looking in, I, I thought maybe conserve a little bit of that energy because a lot of those punches he was throwing, especially in the first round, Ethan was doing a really good job of shelling up and, and blocking a lot of those punches in the first round. 
not that my opinion matters to you, but if you're listening, that's kind of what I what I saw from from my point of view. Yeah, see, I I, I didn't mind that as much. It's just I I he needs to having that to fall back on is yeah. an awesome tool. If he could add some more tools to his belt, so he doesn't have to just do that for the whole fight, I think that that would be he he'd become a monster. Yeah. Um, he is a monster. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. It was a f- fantastic performance. He's just got to clean up, clean up a few things. I, uh, I am a fan of Ethan. I like Ethan. He's good on the mic. He's fun. He's got a lot of energy. He's a he's a good kid. We've had him on the podcast before. I, I really like Ethan. Hopefully, we'll get to see him back up here again. We will. Um, next up, we had Julian Ruiz against Ray Ostrander. Um, Julian looked phenomenal. His boxing looked good. He throws heavy shots. He had great takedown defense. He he's going to be a problem for some one forty fivers. He he just uh, once he gets into that cage and he gets into that, he's one of those guys that I just feel like um, he's been doing it for so long, and he has he has he has good instincts too. Very good instincts. Um, he has a he he's like you said he's gonna be a problem for a lot he's a handful for a lot of 145ers I think he's gonna find himself in a boat real soon with his boxing background he wants to stay active but I think he's gonna find himself in a boat real soon where the only people that are gonna find him is killers and 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 like we'll see the evolution of Julian Ruiz and you know he can be a he if he he puts it all together and, and can stay healthy He's gonna be, you know, he he could make a a, a fast ascension in, in, into some onto some big big headlines. I know he loves MMA. What's fascinating to me is boxing is where the money's at. Yeah, but a lot of those guys that cross over seem to want to make their run in MMA, and boxing is the thing they do to. Um, boxing is the thing that they do to like stay busy between yeah. MMA. I'm interested to see if the money in boxing lures him a little bit further away from MMA. Yeah. Because I mean, he's a good boxer. He's and uh he I, I I don't know. It's it's interesting. I guess we'd have to have him on and talk to him about it a little yeah. bit. But that that psychology of like, you know, they talk about fighter pay and and then there's some fighters that can legitimately box. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's where the money is. Like, go get it. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like Clay Collard, right? Like, yeah, he became a bigger name from the run that he went on on boxing than his UFC run. Yep, that's true. It's right? very true. Yeah. And I, it's, but, but where is he? He's back in MMA. Like, that's what he wants to. It's, it's, it's just interesting. But, um, Dutch saying he had some great knees to the body on the ground. That's what I was talking about. His instincts. Oh, just yeah. like it's like there's the opening, utilizing all of his weapons. Very good at that. Ray, very tough. Like we, Ray was very game. He was tough, confident. I knew that we we knew that Julian was going to be a hard fight for him, but yeah. he always takes hard fights. And um, props to him for coming up. I thought he had a good performance. Uh, hopefully, we'll, I think we'll for sure see Julian back in the fierce cage. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, you know, we can find somebody that, that Ray can come up and fight sometime too. I, I love Julian's composure in, in the cage too. Just composed, and like Dutch said, those knees—he was right. They were right in front of the comment us at the commentary. Those were rough, and those were big knees. Rough. After he had already landed a couple big knees as they were standing, yeah. and he dropped them. I was like, "Ooh, 
props to Julian, man. He's 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 definitely one to uh, watch out for. Um, next up, we had Joe Harrell and Steven Steyerwalt. Steven Steyerwalt coming down from SPG Idaho, um, facing my boy Joe Harrell. And Joel, he he looked impressive. That um, that wasn't anything. Um, that wasn't anything, but it wasn't about Steven not doing anything right. It was more or doing anything wrong. It was more about what Joel did right. And yeah, I'll. Do, I mean, I don't care. I've said it privately enough. I'll yeah. say it. I, I, I think Joel is the most complete pro MMA fighter in Utah. He, he's taken his training to to another level. And I know I've I've mentioned it on my post, and I told you all the time. And you're like, I know, I keep telling you, but watching him evolve and and take this the steps that he he needed to to elevate his game getting getting in touch with bobby king and doing his camp with bobby going to denver training with Dwayne ludwig uh, at the bang muay thai and you you saw a little bit of bobby in the cage on saturday night you saw him it was bobby's in his corner i can hear bobby it's like bobby's playing a video game with him yeah. in there head moving he's moving his head well and and i've said it before bang muay thai that system it's not my favorite yeah Part of the reason why it's not my favorite is I feel like it's not for everybody. So to have like a whole system like yeah. at a gym doesn't, I don't think that there, there, there's a lot to it that just doesn't fit a lot of people's styles. Um, but the people that it, it does fit it like it's, it's a, it's an incredible thing. Um, it's an incredible thing to, to watch because like somebody like Bobby King who gets into the Bang Muay Thai system, like yeah, shoots Sky, off, right? Yep. Joel Haro gets into the Bang Muay Thai system and makes him even better. Like, like there, it was built, and forgive me if I'm wrong on this, but I believe it was basically built for TJ Dillashaw. So it's built for light foot, af- athletic people, switch stances, a lot of head move, a lot of footwork, stuff like that. Where some people like that's that's just not their style and their yeah. Like for me, example, I, I'm one of them. Yeah. I'm not one that's just going to like switch stances, dance around the whole time, a lot of movement um, and stuff too. Like that's just, that's not my, that's yeah. not my game. But for somebody like Joel, like you, you've seen, he's turned into this just bona fide electric striker. And yeah, we haven't even seen as a pro really his complete game yet. And it's, and he, that's not his first. And that's honestly strength. not his first strength either, is his striking. No, it's not. That's and what people haven't seen yet. Like, he's, so, it's going to be dangerous. Yeah. So, it was, um, John, John, we should uh, have you on the podcast to yeah. talk about it sometime. It was it was really cool being able to hear Bobby. I mean, Pedro didn't even have to say anything because he's, he's just it, as smooth as he was on his feet. And to hear him, Bobby calling for the two body, and that's pretty much what he finished it with was the two body. The jab, yeah. cross, body hook, and, and that. There's not much more devastating besides maybe a besides head kick knockouts. Yeah, those liver shots, the way they just fold people when you hit them with yeah. a good liver shot, it's like, oh, it's that's a wrap, dude. And and people are probably going to look at that and, and think, oh, you know, Joel just dominates. Steve had seven pro fights, like eleven amateurs, He'd never been finished. Well, so that's that's the other thing. So Steve, very durable, right? very durable, tough, whatever. Joel might have been able to punch him in the face yeah. for three rounds. And I bet you Steven would have kept coming unless he found that magic button. Right? Oh, yeah. 
But when you start beating up the body, and especially a good liver shot, yep. it doesn't matter how tough you are. I mean, look at like Jeremy Stevens when he fought Jose Aldo. Oh, yeah. It does not matter how tough you are. A good liver shot will put anybody down. Nice. Anybody. So that was beautiful. You know, that's that, you know, again, Steven was another really good guy. We enjoyed having him down. Hopefully we can have him down again sometime. We, uh, I, I, I told you, but when we went to dinner after the weigh-ins, we had probably 20 people at our table. Yeah. Thanks for the invite. Steve, Steven and his party walk right by us. So they're eating right across from us. Nice. Steve, uh, Steve Sharp wanted to send them over a couple shots of, of alcohol, but um, Joel, Joel, Joel didn't, you know, Joel, he's not confrontational. So oh, he's no. like, no, no, but man up, Joel, let Steve Sharp be Steve Sharp. Well, Steve, Steve knew, uh, Jesse. So he's like, ah, it's fine. You know, I know Jesse, but you know, Joel didn't want the competition, but anyways, it was funny. Hey, um, Joel, hey. I don't expect it from you. But hey, Jason, thanks for the invite to dinner. It's not my party. You're it's not my party. You're a bad friend. Wasn't my party. Bad friend. <laughs> um, next up, we had Cole Schaefer and Ben Robinson. Um, ben Robinson coming off of a five-year layoff, and he looked impressive. Looked really impressive in there. Yeah, uh, there's a – you know, whether you believe in ring rust or not or whatever, one thing that never – let your hands fly and, you know, and – it's we like kind of knew like I've watched Ben's last fight before this and or a couple fights and um, you know kind of kind of knew what he was going to bring to the table. Um, a lot of people have a lot to say. Uh, people know I'm pre pretty good friends with Cole. Yep. Uh, people have a lot to say about whatever. Uh, my only response to anybody that thinks they know that what's going on with Cole. Uh, unless you're in the gym training with him or unless you know him personally and talking to him yeah. consistently, you should probably just keep your opinions to yourself. Um, and I think more people that, especially people that don't know, um, it, it's really easy to have the answers. Oh, sit, you know, yeah. sitting back in hindsight. Right. Um, so, I mean, I, I felt it when I've lost, you know, people say, Oh, you need to do that. I, I'll never forget my, my draw with Tony Rodriguez. Um, I had a guy that that was the only time he'd ever watched me fight, never seen me train, never do anything, sent me a long text of things that I need to fix. Yeah. And I was just like, dude, like, you're just like, I take zero stock in it. And for what it's worth, Cole shouldn't be taking any stock from anybody that's not in no. his circle. So yeah. probably people should just be respectful that type of athlete he is the type of competitor he is he does everything the right way he he show, he promotes a show he promotes sponsors he shows up every time shows i don't up. believe he's ever pulled out he always makes weight he does well like he's everything that a promotion would want in a fighter yeah and win or lose i think any promotion would be lucky to have somebody like cole and even if the performance isn't what he wanted or what people are hoping for or whatever, you know, that that's what fighters, that's what we have to deal with is that side of things. So let us deal with it with our team and our circle. Yeah. And probably don't need to hear a bunch of the outside noise. I, I think a lot of people, just my two cents on it. I think a lot of people don't, especially from, from the outside, from the non-fighters perspective, I think they want to be, they, they want to try to be supportive yeah, they and they help. don't understand because I mean, I've been in the same situation and I, I just happen to have been around it long enough that I know that I just keep my mouth shut. Like I, I can't tell him anything. He just, 
you know, all I said to him after this fight is, hey, man, I love you. I support you. You're a freaking warrior. Um, but I think a lot of people, they just, they, I think they want to support so bad and they think they're helping, but they're not. I'm just letting people know. Like, yeah, it's not. It doesn't yeah, help. Just keep it to himself. Just keep, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't help. Um, hey, props to Ben, though, man. He came down here and did what he, I mean, definitely yeah. no ring rust. He looked phenomenal. He looked in phenomenal shape. I made him put on his shirt before I did the post fight interview because I was not going to stand next to him with the shirt off because he looked like he was carved out of freaking granite. Um, super nice guy. Respectful. And Ben, I've already messaged him. He has an open open invitation. I hope to see him back in Let's get the him Fierce Cage soon. Right back in there again. I really enjoyed working with him. Good guy to work with. Um, good athlete. Uh, good competitor. And and I think he has a lot. He has a lot to offer MMA. Uh, next up, we had Jan Jorgensen making his return to the Fierce Cage against Ras Hilton. Um, coming all the way back from Maine. It was Maine, right? Because yep. I did say Maine. Yep. Uh, and his wife drove down from Maine. Um, yeah, that was that was a fun fight. Those were two ginormous guys, Ras being huge. Yeah. 6'8", big guy, did what he needed to do. He, uh, you know, he probably maybe, I'm assuming he did a little bit of background check on, on Jan and um, actually, I don't think he did because he didn't know who Jan was. He thought uh, Eric Iman was Jan. So I actually don't think he did know the background because one of the most nicest guy you'll ever meet in person. Yeah. Like no, they're, they're super really nice. nice. I think he had a good game plan. Great game plan. Uh, somebody like Jan, a lot of muscle, you know, aggressive. He was an aggressive fighter, good athlete. Like, what can you do to do that? Hold him on the cage for a couple of minutes. Let him carry yeah. that big – Six seven six eight, two hundred and sixty two ta- pound frame. Yep, which I believe he even did cut a little bit to get under two sixty five. So he's probably he might have been two seventy or so in the cage that night. Like, make him carry all that weight, that huge frame, zap those muscles a little bit. I think Jan. Um, I'm sure he was physically he looked in great shape, but everybody knows like there's there's good shape and then there's fight shape and and uh, and I think Jan. Um, I don't think it was ring rust as much as it was just, you know, just, he just, it was just, he came, he was coming off that injury and maybe came back a little too soon. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't want to, I don't, again, I don't want to make the same mistake that I just warned everybody yeah. about of Cole so being overly critical. Yeah. It's just, that's just what I observed. And um, I think, but Jan says he'll be back again. So if he's back again, uh, you know, we'd love to have him and he's, he's great to work with and be a part of the show. And hopefully, uh, hopefully he's uh, down to do it. He almost finished him. He almost, he finished, almost him. finished him. He almost got the knockout. All that being said, still he almost, yeah, still, still was a fun we fight. We almost had our Janimal moment. So it's uh, all right. Props to Roz for coming back. Uh, and he, he, him and his team was really good to, yeah, really good to work with. Uh, next up, we had Steven Super Siler against Armasan Sogoku, the Mongolian. Um, the Mongolian looked, he looked sharp in there. He looked, he looked really sharp in there. You know, and that's it. You know, people can say whatever. Um, it really doesn't matter. Like, Siler has, like, 60-plus professional fights. Oh, yeah. For somebody that only had 10, like, Siler's crafty. He's a veteran. He's been doing it for a long time. He's fought some of the best of the best. Fought for the million in the PFL. The ultimate He was on the ultimate fighter. Um, to get into the house, he had a huge upset to get in, into the house. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's fought everywhere anybody anytime anywhere 
that was a, that's a big win for the Mongolian. You it's know, a big win. Uh, Marsana, super nice guy, cool, coolest dude. Oh yeah, he has his little Mongolians from Salt Lake City that come and oh, support they, him. They're freaking. They awesome. go crazy for him. And we're gonna and they get and just little teaser. June twenty fifth, the Mongolian will be fighting. At, uh, it'll be a good fight. He'll he'll be on this card and. Um, oh, it's gonna be good. I, th- I think I think good. the fans in Utah will really be interested in in that fight. It's yeah. gonna be a good one. I uh, I actually had the pleasure of commentating. I didn't say this after the Joe Harrell fight. Cody was commentating, and I had Mitch Ramirez and Cynthia Calvillo jump in and commentate with me uh, for the last uh, five fights. Right, and that was freaking amazing having two people with with that high of fight IQs in there commentating. You almost have an average height fight IQ with how high theirs is and how low yours is. Yeah, they. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> I'm glad. Just uh, I'm just kidding. Yes, Jackson, he will be back in June. Yes, we just probably can't say it right now because we don't have stuff signed on the dotted line, but it's happening. Um. All right. Next up, we had uh, Jerome Hatch against Daniel Stewart. Uh, Stewart making his way down here from Oregon, um, fighting our boy Jerome Hatch. A little bit of controversy in that one. A little, a little bit, bit of controversy. A little bit of controversy. A lot of people didn't like the uh, – so we had three people on the broadcast. Uh, Mitch and I thought Daniel was up 2-0 going into the third. Cynthia actually thought the fight was a lot closer than what we had – that we were talking about on the broadcast. She thought Jerome was doing enough with the pressure, and he did enough with the damage in the second round. Um and it ended up going to a split decision with with Jerome getting the nod and and yeah, like I said, there there seemed to be a little bit of controversy there. So it's it's hard. Hey, thanks, Jerome. Thanks. Man. Um, I I think that uh, when first and foremost, one of the hardest things is is I don't know Daniel Stewart. We know Jerome. We like Jerome. Yeah. We're cheering. For, I'm cheering for Jerome as a person. If I'm on commentary, <laughs> there you go, Dutch. Uh, you know, I, on commentary, you know, it's hard to not stay biased. <clears throat> you and Cody during Joel's fight. Um, but no, I'm just giving you a hard time. But the, yeah, and Jerome, yeah, that 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 might happen. You you might that 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 they might come across your your table again soon. Um, personally. I thought Daniel Stewart won rounds one and two, and I thought Jerome clearly won round round three. Um, and that's just based off the judging criteria that that yeah. we've been informed by Scott Bowler is that. But here's the other part of it: my opinion doesn't matter. The only opinions that matter are the three three guys judging around the table and yeah. or around the cage. And Jerome got his hand raised, and I mean, it, it was a good fight. It just so I I. You know, having my opinion that that I had on the on the why we were live, and then hearing Cynthia say what she said, I said, okay, I can see because I mean, you could you could get in a room with ten different people and have ten different people watch that fight and see it ten different ways. Sure. Um, I actually talked to one of the judges afterwards. He gave me his thoughts. Good on, breakdown. On yeah. Great breakdown of what he thought he he saw in the and, fight and why he thought Jerome won. And hey, fair enough. Right. That's what he saw. We have some of the best. We have the best judges in Utah. Like these guys do nothing but try to make things right and try to make the right calls. And I'll say this too. One thing that I, that I, that we, we agreed on too. I don't think 
I don't think that's that's the goal, right, Jerome? Finish him, right? Yeah. Like take out take it out of the judges' hands. Like, but this is what I always say when people are like, yeah, don't leave it up to the judges. Mm-hmm. Well, if it was easy, all we'd finish all of our fights. Yeah. It's not easy, especially against vets like Jerome Hatch, Daniel Stewart, stuff like that. Like you guys are good professional fighters. Yeah. Like it's not easy to get people out of there. If it was, like you said, if it was easy, every fight would be finished, but it's not. And that's where the judges come in. Um, but it, what, whatever, like Daniel Stewart, sure. Like maybe, maybe he should have gotten the finish if he didn't like it or whatever, but it's, dude, it's not easy to finish drum hatch. Like it's not, it's, that's, yeah. They just Some people are, down. you know, but um, I just, I, just have to give you respect to both guys that came in. Like I said at the beginning, they everybody came to fight, and Daniel and Jerome came to fight. They don't know anything about Daniel Stewart. Um, my personal crit- critique on Daniel Stewart, I think he backed up too much, and I think he gave Jerome a little bit too much respect on the feet. Um, if he wanted to have a chance to, you know, win the third round or make it or make things look better, people, if, if for Daniel Stewart in his camp, if they want to say, yeah, but he won the fight, like he should have won the rounds one and two okay that's that's fine that's what i thought but if you want to make it concise like go take it right and when you're backpedaling a lot and giving the other fighter um a lot of credit or giving them too much respect and too much credit and it makes them look like they're the aggressor and stuff too that like to cynthia calvillo's point like that's where you can lose fights that maybe you should have won and so i mean it's not if what I'm trying to say is if a judge's decision goes a way that not everybody agrees with or whatever, there are still things the fighter that thought they won, but lost could have done different to make sure that they, they won. And one thing that Stewart did is I think he's a striker. Um, That's another one. I think live scoring is going to become a thing, a fierce fighting championship. Just saying Um yeah, I, I, if we can implement that in June, I think that that is something that uh, was was. Uh, I, I think that that's something that's got to happen because I want to see it. I, I would like to see it. Like, so, if, I, if I'm helping running a show, like I'm, I'm that's something I'd yeah. like to implement. Um, he wasn't doing too much, of- and, and that's what Cynthia. That's what Cynthia's point. Um, w- but can all and- the judges hear the refs giving? You no, the but from so- from who I talked to, they thought that. They didn't hear that, but they basically thought the same thing. They said he got the takedown, but he didn't do anything. We but when we rewatched round, the second round, I now thought, this is hindsight's twenty twenty, right? We're watching the yeah. second round. We're like, oh, God, he kind of did a lot. He passed in the passed in the half guard, got in side control. Finished round two and mount. Finished round two and mount. Got the it's takedown like, with two minutes and ten seconds into the second round and stayed on top the whole time. Um, that's that generally will win you a round, um, but again. You know what would have helped him win the, win him that round for sure? Yeah. If he would have sat down on some punches and got Jerome on his heels a little bit in the beginning, like you, you, you know what I'm saying? Even even if we think one guy, even if we think one guy lost um, or one guy won, the guy who in reality lost on the judges' scorecards could have done more. And there are things that you can point to. To Daniel Stewart said he could have done more that would have won him the fight. Yeah. Yes, you, uh, you can watch it on the web. Go to the website, Dutch. It's up it's right up now. It's up there for free. Yeah, you can just click on the pay per view thing. It's up type there. in the code. The code's right there at the top. I don't even think you need to type in the code. I, I think, think it just yeah. plays. Oh, do you? Um, cool. 
But uh, I mean, if there's one thing that we can say about our judges, and I know people are probably going to be watching me. If some of his friends bought the pay-per-view, they're probably going to be looking, hey, the Utah judges screwed me over. I'm telling you right now, our judges are probably some of the most competent judges around. They they literally try to make sure that they get this they they get these well, I'll, these I'll fights say, right. I'll say this from experience, right? Yeah. From experience, um, my last fight got a draw in a round that got scored in a 10-8 round. Mm-hmm. They gave to the out of towner. Yeah. And you know, I, I thought it could be a 10-8 round or whatever. And I think I don't feel like I got any preferential treatment because I was a home round no, guy. You could, they just score. They just score it how they see it. I think our judges do a pretty good job of not favoring job. the Utah guys over out of town guys. I think they just they just call it like they see it. They could have easily given that uh, the 10-9, you win the fight. 10-9-20 yeah. easily, easily, easily. Right? So, but they did what they thought was right, which is all and you can ask. They put their personal biases aside when they're when they're judging, or them. maybe they hate me. Yeah, maybe they hate you. Yeah, Dutch probably does for sure. For sure. Um, main event, we had our boy Eric Iman stepping against Edison Lopez. Um, Edison came in there and started doing these Capoeiro kicks. He's 265 pounds, and he's in there kicking like that, doing these roundhouse kicks. And and 262. 262, yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he came in there and did what he had to do, and it was pretty – I want to say that one was over pretty quick. Yeah, a couple Ended minutes. up getting the rear naked choke. He said something about the hometown guy. Yeah, he, see, he's right. Yeah, I mean, you, they can't say that. And his manager knows that it doesn't go that way because he's been on the he's been on the other end, the receiving end of some good decisions. So, um, yeah, Eric Eric uh, laying down his gloves after after it, calling calling it a career. It's a disappointing way, but like I said, I hope he. Not that I could offer somebody like Eric Iman like a ton of advice, but I hope uh, I hope that he did. It's not always about just the, the result of the last fight. It's the body of work and journey, and that is something that Eric Iman definitely can be proud of. Um, Stand-up guy, always brings it, always ready, Yeah, always brings a crowd, always respectful. He's going to be missed, man. He's going to be missed yeah. in that cage. Yeah, but he will standing offer. He sounds like he's going to be joining you on the mic on June 25th for Fierce Fighting Champion. Yeah. As a commentator. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, before we talk about the uh, UFC fights, which he didn't buy it for me, but he will by Friday. We'll talk about that. Um, <sighs> give me your, You're a jerk. give me your fight of the night. Who's your fight of the night? My fight of the night from what I saw would have to be Sasha Lopez and Nicole Fuga. I think that was mine too. I said it. I congratulated both of them. They were both freaking amazing. Um, Fight of the night, definitely Lopez and and, uh, Fuga. Um, Knockout of the night. Sydney Black. I got to go with Sydney. That head kick. I mean, Joel's liver shot was beautiful, and I love Joel to death. Um, I'd give performance. Of the if night. there was a performance of the night, Joe Har was walking like that. Joe, I mean, I'd he give Joe performance of the night. He had the cleanest performance I think of anybody. Phenomenal. Um, I'm Julian close second on that. Yeah, Super close second. Yeah, that's fair. That's they, fair. They, they were one A, one B as far as performance. There was just the something about Joel that it was. Julian was very impressive, but there was something about Joel that it was like I, 
we we kind of felt it with like the Kesley fight. I thought, but yeah. For, there was just something he, about this fight that was just like Steven Steyerwall is a good, tough yes. fighter, and Joel just he kind of made it look easy, and, and against a dude that's not easy, and that's uh, it's not a dig at Steven. It's a that's how good Joel is right now. You um. You you even saw the the level changes the the him leveling up from the Kesley fight to to that fight just his movement. What's it gonna look like next? <laughs> I, hey, I'm just glad he's he's our guy. That's all I'm gonna say is Utah MMA is. It was just it was a phenomenal night. Um, the crowd was crazy. I appreciate everybody's support. It was it was it was a great night. That was the loudest it's been in there since I've been to one of those. It was loud. Yeah. Um, so coming in June and June 25th, we'll be back. Uh, Friday, let's we'll breeze through this uh, UFC card yeah. really quick. Oh, Kayla Harrison's fighting this week. Does anybody even care? Nobody really cares. Kayla Harrison's going to spike some other poor girl on her head. <laughs> I, you know what? I think they should tie it on behind her back. I don't even care Make to see her. I really don't care to see her fight. What is she? Minus 8,000? Probably. Um, let's just, we'll just scroll up this real quick. We had um, Shannon Young and Gina Mazzani. Uh, I think I picked Mazzani on this one. I did. Shannon Young. Knocked her out. I didn't see the, I haven't watched most of these, so I got to go back and watch them. Tom Levy comes through with unanimous decision. I heard that fight was a lot of fun. They were yeah, I heard that was a lot of fun. They I actually were. talked to uh, Eli and I were messaging about that. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, they were gassed. Um, Gabe Green gets gets the uh, TKO win over Johan Lenice. Um, Figgy's little brother Daniel beats Daniel De Silva with the knee bar in the first round. Yeah, slick little knee bar. Um, Alexander Romanov, we knew uh, that was one of our picks. Alexander Romanov by That's submission, boom, gets it done early in the first round. Uh, Christoph Jotko, I did watch that fight. He looked he looked really good in that fight. Beats Gerald Mershart. Darren Damage Elkins, I did not see that fight. No, I but Darren won the decision. I think right? we we picked Darren in that one too. No, yeah. I don't think yep. I did. Decision. Did you, did you go Conley? Did we go I Conley? I think I did. Uh, I think we we're both on Grant Dawson on this one. That was a really good fight too. That was a fun fight back yeah. and forth. Um, I think we were both wrong on Andre Feely. Man, wow, he got he got put out of there pretty quick. That, I'm a little disappointed. I feel like Feely wins that fight eight out of ten times. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed. Just got caught. Um, Jake Collier and Andre Olowski. Um, I had a lot of controversy on that one. I, I, did, I did we both pick Olowski or did I pick Collier? I bet Collier because he was an underdog at like I plus would, money. I would never bet Collier. If you you know how if you go to like MMADecisions.com, you can see like all the prep. Everybody picked Collier. Like nobody thought Arlowski should have won that, but so, I didn't see so, it. So. so, so here's the other aspect of that. But my bank account says Arlowski won. No, not your bank account. Nobody cares about your bank account. I do. Um, question is, how many people know how to correctly score the fights? You know what I mean? They don't. Yeah, they don't. They don't. So they might not even be watching for the right things. I bet you Orlovsky knows exactly. Dude, he did the same thing uh, in another fight. He um, did. There was Tanner another Bozer. Yep, Tanner Bozer. Where yep. nobody thought that he won. Yep. But he won. Yep. I think it's because he knows what the judges are watching for and, and how to execute a game plan around that. Yeah. 
Um, Marlon Barrow, Rob Font. I, I really do need to go watch that one because um, I heard it was a super competitive fight. Did you watch it? Uh, I watched parts of it and highlights and stuff, but um, it seemed I was like wrong. Font was doing like you said in the jab, but then towards the end of the round, Cheeto was Cheeto would put on put the damage on him. Yeah, Cheeto's a savage. That kick, the yeah. sweet chin music kick was he, he tuned up to band. Yeah. Um, no, I just I just think that you gotta you gotta just tip your hat and say Cheeto, okay, like that's a big win for him. That's another step win. up. What what was his loss to Jose Aldo? Yeah, I think that was his last loss. I'm gonna go. So, so who does he get in the cage with? Do you run it back with him and O'Malley? He beats O'Malley again. I think he does too. He's he's he probably beats Sanhagen. You hate Cheeto? No, I'm just saying. Do you hate him? Who else? Because Rob Font was five. Either that or Marab. Or he's going to get Dominic Cruz, which he I think he beats Cruz right now. So you get Marab or I'm not Sam. Sure he beats Cruz. You don't think he beats Cruz? I'm not sure. I think he does now. I'm not sure. Yeah, interesting. Um, we have pay per view this weekend. Okay, I was just looking at the odds. What for what the pay per view? Do you, does anything stand out? Oh, yeah. What stands out? Rose Dummy Eunice is only minus 200 to Carlos Barza. Do you think Do you think it's because... Carla beat her forever ago? I think they're, 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 the odds makers are giving... Uh, maybe Carlos Wrestling gives Rose problems. They don't think so? Like, I thought, like, I thought Rose was going to be, like, minus 350. <laughs> Like Chandler's minus four ten against Ferguson. Does Ferguson have no shot? No shot. No. He can't catch him. No, he doesn't catch people. He 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 killed him with his cardio and his zombie. But dude, it's a three, three round fight. Michael Chandler went three rounds with Justin Gaethje. Oh, and that was a war too. You, you know what I mean? That like was a war, dude. It's <laughs> what no, about uh, no Brandon Roy Val's uh, minus two fifty five over Matt Schnell. You like that line? You know who I like as an underdog a little bit? Randy Brown. Oh, I do actually really like that one. I like Randy Brown at plus um, money. Marcin Hua over OSP. We've seen OSP have some off nights. And he's minus 230. And I would take Hua, a shot at that. And who is like, dude, he's a legend. And his game is, you know what I mean? I, I would want I want to see the weigh-ins first and yeah, see what he okay, looks like. Because if he comes in and shit and he looks um, good. Um, the way we, the way Donald Cerrone's looked, uh, wouldn't hate Joe Lozon. I was thinking the same thing. I like Lozon too. Randy Brown is fun. Um, Macy Chazon versus Norma Dumont. Macy is good and long and powerful and it cracks. Norma's a tough grinder. Like that, that could be an interesting fight. We could there. This actually might be a card that. We see oh, some big upsets. There's some decent sized line two two to one dogs, three to one dogs that 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 might win. This would be a, a no parlay card. Um, you know who else we got on here is uh, ooh, wow. There's some. You have uh, Ariana uh, Carmelosi. Is a, she's like a two to one dog against Lupita Godinez? It's not on this card. Yeah, it is. Oh, I don't see any odds for it. 
uh, it's not on there. I'm looking at tabology unless they pulled it off. Tracy Cortez and Melissa Gatto. That's a good fight. That's a good fight. Oh, yeah. Uh, Godonez is minus 170. The comeback is plus 150 on Carnelosi. That's mm, there's some tasty. There's some good underdogs. I was four and one last week, just to let you know. Nobody cares. On my picks. Nobody cares. Uh, what else we got? I just like I just don't see. I don't see how Chandler Rose lose. I don't, I don't see how that either of them lose. So, are you are you Gaethje? I mean, you know, Justin Gaethje is like my favorite fighter in the UFC, right? I know. You really be able to pick against my favorite you know, fighter? You know what's hard is is everybody Charles has fought recently in the last couple fights is like I love both guys. Like, yeah, I love I love Chandler. He's so, such a stud. Obviously, Poirier, such a stud. I love Gaethje. I'd love to see him be the champ, but I just, I just think Oliveira's here right now. And until somebody knocks him down, I can't bet against him. So um, Oliveira got dropped against Poirier, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. He almost got finished by Chandler, right? I mean, you can only flirt with death so many times before it catches you, dude. He uh, he did finish Chandler, and Gaethje couldn't finish Chandler. I yeah, because he done by submission. Stylistically, right? it's. That you're doing the MMA mapping and it's a different matchup with Gaethje. And I know Chandler, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Oliver. It's a different. It's not, it's not like he like. But yeah, like Gaethje said it perfectly. Who? No, okay. Gaethje said it perfectly. You know, you know why? Is because Chandler didn't. Chandler wasn't expecting it. Chandler didn't. Chandler didn't think that Oliveira could knock him out. Okay. And with and with Gaethje, he knew that he was gonna. They were gonna stand and bang for three rounds. Okay. You, we're always big on this, right? Who has the most tools to win? Who has the most ways to win? And we saw Oliveira has the heart because he's gotten knocked down in his last couple of fights when everybody said, oh, he's got quit, he's got quit. The guy has no quit in him. That, that's gone. So who has more tools to win? I, no, take that back. Take that back. He has quit in him. He just hasn't been pushed to that limit yet. Like he, like it's You don't got, think so? Well, obviously he hasn't. He didn't quit. The last you can't say he has no quit in him when we've seen him quit before. I said anymore. That's not something you just lose. But he's been pushed. He's no, been no, pushed. Listen, in... listen to what I'm actually saying. Listen to what I'm actually saying. Yeah. He's learned how to get better at that and push deeper, but he he'll, he he still has a breaking point. We've seen. I'm him. saying since the Kevin Lee fight. He's he has elevated. I know Kevin Lee was Kevin Lee was working him, and he came back and, and ended up choking him out in the third round. Kevin Lee was working him. Kevin Lee was doing good against. Are you sure about that? Because I remember that feeling very differently. I'm pretty sure Kevin Lee was. I felt was like winning he was that winning that fight. I, I feel like Kevin Lee was winning the fight. All right, I have to go rewatch it. Rewatch it, but but you know what I mean. Like I, I no, I'm not saying, and I'm not saying that Gaethje can get him to quit, but. I'm saying once I've seen it somewhere, he the the real the the thing the thing that Oliveira does so well, especially on the feet, is he's very technically sound. He's always balanced. His yeah. footwork's always good. He's his feet are in the right place. He's balanced. He 
He slips. He slips well. He throws his all of his punches very clean, straight, tight punches. Um, very defensively sound. The problem is, is Gaethje hits like a battering ram. Yeah. And um, here, here's here's actually here's here's a question for you: Who got the closest? Do you think to hurting Khabib? Um. Because I believe it was Justin Gage with those leg kicks. I think the leg kicks were doing, doing I, some, doing I, some I, damage. So if you go rewatch that fight, there's the point where some urgency by Khabib to take him down and, and finish him the way he did. Yeah. I think he took one of those leg kicks and, and even Khabib goes, I can't take too many more of these. Oh, yeah. Before, you know, before, oh, I agree. before it starts changing the dynamic of the fight. Yeah. I think Gaethje, um strategy-wise, actually was implementing a strategy that Khabib wasn't going to be able to win a decision against him potentially if it was on the feet still, right? With yeah. the pressure and stuff. Gaethje was always also getting pretty tired running to keep that distance, right? Yeah. But his leg kicks are something that people haven't talked about lately that I, could be an absolute game changer. Again, that, I look at Oliveira and I see a very skinny 155er. That's probably the biggest threat i think gaichi it brings is those leg kicks because if he could start connecting with those he he could do some damage yeah. quickly the other thing that'll be interesting can Oliveira get him down or get to his back if he gets to his back it's over we've seen oh, yeah it's he over. gets to his yeah, back it's it, over it's over can he get him down yeah mm, that's another start like gaichi one person's really been able to get gaichi down is khabib yeah so it's like can Oliveira get him down like it's gonna be a good fight it's gonna be a good night like, it's gonna be good. like I, but Gaethje, like Gaethje, just here and and the other thing is, I think Gaethje's in the better camp. I know that Oliveira comes from the legendary shooter box camp in in Brazil, but I look at Trevor Whitman and Kamara Usman and the cross training they get in with Elevation Fight Team and Drew Dober and some of those guys. I just. Think Gaethje has he he has the best coach in MMA, I believe, and I think in a fight that close that matters. Yeah, I can't. I mean, he's he. I think he's definitely at the uh, at their camp. I'm. Uh, yeah, I just I, I got to go with the champ till somebody dethrones him. That's fair, and that's not. I agree. I I think you're right. I think those I think those leg kicks are going to be what determines it. If Gaethje can start landing leg kicks, if four he, to five leg kicks. Oh, yeah. It's going to change the fight. That fight's, That's going to change the fight big time. Yeah. Because then that's going to slow down Oliver's pressure because you know Oliver is going to keep, keep coming forward. Yeah. It'll be interesting. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a great card. Anyways. All right. Are we done? We wrapped up this bad boy up? Yeah, we're done. We will see you guys on Friday. Um, quick little breakdown for that UFC card, and then, uh, yeah, we'll rock and roll. Rock and rolling. May 21st, Mountain View High School. Come see us. Yeah, we're in Utah, baby. Yeah.